and a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. Welcome to Apex of Podcasts. I'm Alex. I'm Philip, and I am. I was instructed to talk more, so I will try my best. Thank you. Anyway, um... Yeah, we, we booked, like, the entire first two-thirds of this show to talk about the National Ninja League. World Finals! Yes, World Finals. Yes, they threw on the word world, like, the day before. Which is I good. Know. I'm glad they did that. Yeah, I'm glad because it's on my freaking t-shirt that I got in the swag bag that came with a t-shirt and three protein bars. <laughs> uh, yeah, the shirt they on They didn't give said... me a swag bag. <laughs> yeah, because you're not a competitor. Yeah, but I'm an employee. They could Actually, they didn't give me a t-shirt, so. The, the really, they just didn't give me protein bars. <laughs> I really like those protein bars, though. But since I was a competitor... Oh, laddy frickin' da. I, I got a t-shirt. Were you up at one thirty in the morning doing the run order? No. Well, here you go. There were what? How many final? How many competitors in? I think all this season? I think the final tally was two twenty-eight. I had the standings up. No, I I knew two twenty-eight, but like how many people competed? I don't know. Oh, uh, two thousand four hundred ninety-eight. I want to say that was mm-hmm. a Chris Warnke number. Shout out to Chris Warnke. Yeah. Uh, anyway... 227 um, was the final number for the finals, by the way. I thought it was 228. So less than a tenth of everybody that competed in NNL... Right. uh, In NNL NNL this season was in the finals. Um, not only that, like, there were, like, what, ten ten of those that were qualified from an outside thing that wasn't NNL? Uh, well... Perth? Okay, the thing in Perth isn't NNL, but... As a reward, you get to go to the NNL Finals. It's kind of like how the OCR World Championships are structured. Yeah. So, like, Tough Mudder isn't affiliated officially with the OCR World Championships. Now, granted, mm-hmm. we have a better relationship with the... I think it's Ninja Challenge League. I'm not totally sure, but we have a better relationship with the NCL than um, Tough Mudder has with the OCR World Championships. So, I mean, like, we share each other's posts on Facebook and stuff, but... They're not officially NNL, mm-hmm. but their finalists qualify for the NNL finals. Mm-hmm. And there and was also a thing in England that was kind of similar. I think it might have just been a regular old qualifier. And then there was the international qualifier on Wednesday. That was fun. I'm glad I got to come to that and hang out with all the international competitors. All of them were just so nice and respectful, and it was just really fun to hang out with all of them. Moving on, stage one was, let's, so the course was set up, first obstacle was tic-tac-toe, it was uh, pretty much just your standard steps, except the last couple were, like, steep. Those were really steep, and I think those were throwing off a lot of people, just people didn't know where to step on them. Yeah. Like, people, a lot of people were stepping too high, and then really didn't have the leg span to get to the top of the next step, so they were hitting really low and then slipped. Yeah. So that was tricky. I, I kind of wish that those steep boxes would have been set up in open gym so that people could have mm-hmm. practiced on them, but, I mean, it's only l- less than a fifth of people failed that obstacle, so yeah. I can't really complain that much. And uh, I just yamed out of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the top people had no problems on them. There were steps, but, but there were a lot of people that really struggled on them. 
And then next was the Bazooka Go, which was interesting because he had to run down the tumble track. That was fun. That looked like fun. To get to the bar and then swing on a bar up to, um, like, the for those that weren't there uh, or weren't watching, the battering ram from ANW9, that thingy, the pipe, the, the weird log that you had to slide. Yeah, uh, for more context, it was like, what, a three, four-inch thick PVC pipe yeah. that you had to push down a track. Yeah, It wasn't that hard. I think the couple of people that failed it had some problems with the landing, or in the case of Kyle Soderman, tried to skip the obstacle entirely. <laughs> which, only... to be, which, to be fair, worked for a couple people. Yeah, well, those two people are Drew Dreschel and Ethan Swanson. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. But I, I was surprised about Kyle, because sucks that he went off to the other side because if he rolled off to the, the left side he would have been fine yeah i felt really bad because i was really looking forward to seeing kyle and the rest of the course because he had the potential to get the top time i mean he did have the top time in the last first stage season. last season so that was a yeah. really big bummer that he just rushed it we had a lot of running in this course uh, yeah i was really bummed that you didn't do the naruto run like you said you were going to because there was that long stretch where you had to run to the next stop, the uh, zip trip. And the reason I, for that was that was supposed to be the Big Dipper. And we determined that it wasn't safe to go straight into it, which is why it was the first obstacle of Stage 2. I was fighting for that. I don't know why, if my suggestion was why they did it or if they were just going to do it anyway. But it, it would not have been safe going immediately into that. Yeah, and also, I didn't. I decided not to Naruto run mainly because I didn't want to look like an absolute dumbass during <laughs> my during my potential first clear. I mean, down the road, I'm gonna do shit like that, or maybe like press the button with my foot like a Ko- Shinji Kobayashi oh, did yeah. in like 14. I'd for for the that. record, I I talked to Chris about it. Um, we were talking at the beginning of stage two, and mm-hmm. he he said. You would have been his hero if you did that. So, if there's a long running section next year, make sure you do the Naruto run for Chris. Or maybe I'll Naruto run before the warp <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was really no type of run-up. It kind of had to 90 degree it. Hey, the 90 degree thing finally worked out, right? Yeah. You've been practicing but, that a lot at the edge, but we'll, we'll get to that in We'll, we'll talk about yeah. my run in a bit, but I want to just go over what the course was. Of um, and then, get and then after that was the zip trip, which was kind of like the good old rope glider. It was just a zip line, ring zip line, then landed on this big mat. I am like so mad that I didn't get to try this. Yeah, so it was... mad. Looked like a lot of fun. Then you just had to go off to some other pad and run over, and then more jogging! Yes! Uh, they, this next obstacle is called the Cat Burglar, which confused the shit out of me. It was like just running across a couple... Like okay, would you have rather it be called Bosu Ball into Angled Platforms? Sure, I like Ninja Warrior, Australian Ninja Warrior and Ninja Warrior UK's names. So I'm fine with that. Basic running non-balance <laughs> obstacle. That, that's, <laughs> that sounds like... And what, after the what? zip trip was Jobber Obstacle. That sounds like Jobstacle. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, that sounds like one of those, like... Like how... Monstro, shout out Monstro's awesome. Monstro holds, check him out. Um, 
that reminds me of like how they have the wingnut's name as actually lateral swing obstacle on the store. Or, or as is it three ball climbing or atomic? Uh, check both of those out. I don't want to be uh, uh, a corporate cheap. But atomic, atomic has the obstacle rails. That, or that, that's what I was thinking of. The obstacle yeah. course rails. <laughs> Shout out to last week's show or two weeks ago's showcase. Uh, real quick, <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to be rambling, but. We were going to do a deleted scenes episode last week, and I tried to put it together, and it would have been way shorter than I thought, and our deleted scenes really weren't that funny, which is why they were deleted. So that's why there wasn't an episode last week. Anyway, next was, uh, yeah, so it was like angled steps and... Yeah, it was really easy. Run up. It, was, it was a filler obstacle. Nobody failed it, thankfully. Right. I, I don't know. I thought a couple people were close. Yeah. The uh, next obstacle was my favorite in the stage. Uh, flying spider. It was a way cooler take on the jumping spider, which has admittedly gotten stale. Um, it was, you had to swing on a bar, do like a hourglass drop thing down to another, to, down to a trampoline, then grab another bar, and then lache from the bar over to the spider walk. Uh, that was a really fun one. I, I feel like that was my favorite obstacle of the stage, and... yeah. Like it was the most fun to watch, certainly, and I felt like it was a really good placement in the course as well. Kind of weeded out the people that you know eked through the steps in the bazooka. That was yeah. like the big separator in the stage, which I really liked it being in the middle. Uh, and then was the spinning log, same as the show and whatever. Uh, then after that was the warp wall. You got as much run up as you could, but I just immediately just ran right from the spinning log ninety degrees over to the. Because I'm like, why do you need that much run up and center yourself? Like, right. uh, I really liked that 90 degree run up. It's really not anything you see on the show, which is what I like a lot about ninja competitions and gyms is that you mm-hmm. see a lot of things that would never fly on the show. 90 so. degree run ups and really short kickback run ups, like kickoff of step run ups. 90 degree run ups are like two common things in my. Uh, gym stages that I do. I guess that helped me uh, help me when I was on the warp wall, I guess. But, uh, yeah, then after that, uh, slide down a pole. Uh, and then... Ghostbusters. Flying, yes, and then Flying Squirrel to end of the stage. You know what I really liked about the Flying Squirrel? Is that there was no cargo net or anything. It ended, you big l- jump to the landing gr- uh, lunge for the button. That's what I love, and I really wish that, like, the, like, the stages on the show, like, first stage on Vegas or Sasuke, ended like that, you know? Like, not necessarily with a climbing obstacle, but maybe, like, a big jump or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I thought that was cool, too. Um, that bar that you were allowed to grab, too, did that end up being in the, re- in the way when you were going to the platform? Because I feel like it was kind of in the way for people that were making that long lache to the platform. You had the option uh, of going from the second flying squirrel to a lache bar, and there was just a, like a inch traverse to the landing mat or whatever. It was yeah, almost nothing. It wasn't, it wasn't in the way. Okay. They, they should have just not had that bar there. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought so as well. But I think like it, one or two clears used the bar, which was kind of weird. The, the lat, yeah, because like if you can make... The, the distances were about the same, so if you made the, if you made that initial jump from the first set of the handles to the second, you'd easy, 
it, it would be it's like easier to get that last jump over. Uh, so yeah, that was the stage in a minute forty, which was like nice. I liked the time limit because that was a very good time limit. No room for error, and I, I think one or two people failed the wall the first time and still got through this course. Yeah, so I it thought was it was a very good time limit. Yeah. Anyway, let's now let's now that we've told you the course, let's recap some notable results. What a shocker! Drew Dreschel had the fastest time. Yeah. <laughs> he he had twenty four seconds left, which is insane. Considering it, it doesn't seem like much because everybody has twenty four seconds left in Vegas. Not many shocking moments in the first stage there, but let me think. Michael Torres and Judas Licciardello failed this spider. That's about it for shocking stuff, really. Yeah, uh, most of the... And, well, we mentioned Kyle Soderman earlier. Most of the people who were supposed to clear stage one cleared stage one. Including you. Congratulations. Yay! Um, um, I was really impressed by the fact that six women got to the final obstacle. I mean, yeah. I knew they had the skill to do it. It was more of, you know, just breaking through because no... Or only Jesse Lebrecht had gotten to the final obstacle in the, in the first two seasons. And we had six this year, which is just a huge increase. And I was really excited. Uh, Lindsay Eskildsen. Not a name I was familiar with. Out of nowhere to get second place. Well done. Guess what? She's going to be on uh, Team Ninja or Ninja vs. Ninja tonight. Oh, uh, oh, is that tonight? Yeah, she's We're on We're recording Alan this on Keneally. Thursday. What team right. is she on? Uh, Alan Keneally's. Oh, who's their, who's their third? J.B. Douglas. Remember last year when J.B. Douglas almost, like, beat Joe Morowski, and then because and then Joe Morowski came from behind and beat him by, like, a hundredth of a second? I, I do vaguely remember that, yeah. yeah. I, I think I only watched, like, half of Team Ninja Warrior last year, so I'm going to try to watch all of this season. We'll see. This um, season seems great. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Vivian was the first and only woman to clear she had, the first stage. That was an awesome moment. She had, she had a good run. She didn't even hear the klaxon, so she was, like, up. She's probably, like, what, 25th fastest or something like that. Let's Stop see. Uh, uh, Tiana Weberly got third. I was super proud of Michelle for getting fourth and getting to the last obstacle. Uh, the other two who made it to the last obstacle were Janique Lavette, who came out of nowhere last season on A&W and... And is just killing everything right now. So that's going to be a fun runner to watch in the future. And another name I wasn't familiar with before this weekend, Rachel, and I never learned how to pronounce her last name, Wilmini? Wilmini? Something? She was in first place for a while. Although she yeah. never actually got to the squirrel she ran out of time, but she did beat Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, on the overall end of things, 61 clears yep. out but... of 227. Yeah, you would think at first when you hear 61, like, whoa, that's, like, easy, but it was... I mean, you figure, if there were 100 people, that would be the equivalent of, like, 21, 22 people. Yeah, yeah, so it was was pretty much about the same amount that we've had the past, same percentage that we've pretty much had the previous two seasons. Yeah. Two results I want to mention before we go, um... Lucio Batista, it looked initially like he had beat the first stage, and then his foot hit the very 
like last bit of the oh, out of bounds padding. So his foot like clipped the ground, which I mean is a clear fail. I agree, but it was just really heartbreaking that he was that close to clearing the first stage. And then Kevin Carbone. Uh, Kevin Carbone, yeah, they he initially cleared and they called him out for using the um. There was like a pole on the, on warp, the warp wall wall. so that you could make it 15 feet, but he inadvertently grabbed it and used it to pull himself up, which is a no-go, so he was DQ'd for that. Mm-hmm. The uh, run I was going to talk about was Anti Lee. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Oh yeah, didn't he clear with like .1 seconds left? Or well, did well he... he hit the buzzer, but he didn't like hit the buzzer square. Like he hit it kind of on the side. Like he obviously oh, yeah. hit the buzzer, but it didn't register. And he was, his momentum, like, carried him over the pad, and he, like, went back to hit the buzzer again, but time had expired. So they initially called him out, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, yeah, come on, just let him through. And yeah. they did, in fact, let him through. He was mm-hmm. the, officially, 0.89 seconds left. He was the closest. So mm-hmm. that was a really interesting run. Yeah. Oh, so do you uh, want to go over your run? Yeah, sure. So, I was a terrible wreck the whole day. Uh, I can confirm that he w- um he went MIA for a little bit. Um, your dad and I were like looking for you in the parking lot because we were worried you would like run off. <laughs> I ended up finding you like scrunched down in a corner, and this is like four hours before you run. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned this to you while I was there, but I had gone to a diner after open gym on Friday night. And I was, like, starving, so I got, like, this huge burger, and I only ate half of it. Mm-hmm. And I had some leftover fries and some leftover bread, so I, like, downed that between waves two and three because I was really hungry. And then your run was getting closer, and I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have eaten that much because my stomach was starting to get really upset. Yeah. Because I was so nervous for you. I didn't want to tell you that, obviously, because I, I didn't want to make you nervous, but I, I kind of oh, I, I know. I know you get nervous. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, it, we, we don't need to relive XT, where I nearly had a breakdown. <laughs> anyway, Alex is Bill Belichick. <laughs> Wouldn't that make me the opposite of Bill Belichick, though? Because if I was Bill Belichick, I would have, like, no reaction. I'd be like... Oh, yeah, that's true. But, like, uh, I yeah, mean... Philip Philip cleared the first stage. <laughs> there will be no further comment at this time. <laughs> Actually... Yeah, once once I got on the steps and I fin- beat the steps, then I started to feel fine. And the rest of the run looked fine. Uh, I I remember telling the guy that was holding the ring on the zip trip, and I I, I told him this is like the a very not me thing to say because it's a little bit not necessarily cocky, but I I just as I grabbed it, I said, "Watch me clear." <laughs> and I on the zip line, I was concerned about that but i just kind of flopped myself on and just hope i didn't fall over uh i timed it fine i timed it early i jumped it early just to be sure flying spider was super fun i didn't want to do a swing back because i knew that if i did i would have touched my foot on the mat Mm. so i just reached out grabbed the bar and immediately one hop the trampoline and went to the next bar. Yeah, I'd say of everything in your run, that probably made me the most nervous. <laughs> because a lot of people tripped up on that obstacle. Like, a lot of even good people. 
and yeah, you but just I, really went for it. Like I thought you were going to take a lot more of a conservative approach there. Oh no, I I knew not I knew not to, but because then that would mess me up. I would do. I just was like, how would I do it if it was open gym? Mm, I see. And that's that's what I did. Are you uh, used to like drops into the trampoline like that? Like did that or did that catch you off guard at all? Uh, didn't catch me off guard in the slightest. Okay. Uh, I, I'm used to those drops. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. After you a, after you got onto the spider walls, I'm like, okay. As long as he you know stays in his game and doesn't psych himself out, he's got this. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, the spider was really fun. Yeah, most people, are, some people were like taking a break on the trampoline. But I'm like, eh. I, I knew that I, if I wanted to clear the first stage, I needed to be efficient, and so I just one swing, no swings, just grab the bar, move over, bounce next one. Uh, and spinning log was fine. There wasn't anything difficult about yeah, you, that. Yeah, you really uh, got the hang of that in open gym. Like, I think, like, the first time or two you slept on it, because it was a little different than the edges, but you really got the yeah. hang of it once you got the three-step hop down. Mm-hmm. And I, then then I immediately ran over to the warp wall. Uh, that's, that's like, the clear so- clearest sign ever that I, like, improved. On right, the exactly. Wall, considering, la- compared to last year, uh, I had no doubts that I could do that. That was a lot just, easier wall than Apex, though. Like, True. I got the hang of that wall, and that's the only wall I've ever beat consistently. Mm-hmm. So, I, don't toot your own horn too much. That was a really easy wall, although I know you would have cleared Apex as well if it was there. Yeah, if it was Apex as well, I would have cleared it this time, too. Um, I just I don't know why people were, like, getting these big-ass run-ups, because that really wasn't that difficult of a wall. I just turned over, and maybe people aren't used to running crooked up to a warp wall. Whereas I'm super used to it, so I just, I, because I do all sorts of weird stuff at my gym. And then after that, the pull, slide down the pole was a slide down a pole. And then a flying squirrel, I was planning that on Nice of uh, Sasuke fan Ryan Stratus to have a throwback and a throw in the Marutek Hidari there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marutek could. Maratuk it was Hidari. a nothing obstacle in 1998. That was basically a slide down a pole that most people just jumped past. I thought the Maruta Kudari was the name of the rapid descent. Oh, Taki Kudari, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You, you know um, me, I'm a big Japanese speaker. That, that's me. Yeah, on the Flying Squirrel, I was planning on, because, like, in open gyms and stuff, I was doing the Flying Squirrel in one, like, one... I was do, getting these big-ass kips, like, one swings... But at that point, I was I was a little bit tired, and so I just decided once I got to it, and I, I like felt myself go like, <gasps> and I'm like, like trying to breathe. I'm like, okay, maybe I should do it like a normal person, and so I did it like a normal person, and then I cleared. Yay! Yeah, I cleared with like eight point something left. I knew that I was fine on time once I got to the last one, and the buzzer didn't start going off until I got off of the second one. Like, as I was in midair, it started. Stage two! Yeah. <laughs> Stage two was uh, I screwed up in a stupid spot. I'm not exactly sure what happened still. But, uh, it was Big Dipper, which was fun. Again, uh, wish I could have tried that. Then there was, like, 
what was it called? Cliff Crossing or something? It was officially the Flying Cliffs. Uh, they were like these little cliffhangers, like two-sided cliffhanger ledges, but they like were on these long suspended chains or ropes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they... Isaac grabbed like the side of the board. And still like swung, I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. But by the way, yeah. we both talked to Isaac. He's, yeah, he's back. Isaac is back. Yeah. Um, Which is... Yeah, we, we, we both talked to him and had nice chats with him. I actually caught up with him on Sunday. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked a little bit about his thoughts on stage three. So, mm-hmm. yeah, turns out Isaac is uh, actually kind of nice when you get to know him. Just goes to show you what you get when you get your impressions of people on the internet. After Flying Cliffs, you had to walk, take a nice stroll over to the Unstable Bridge. Which you was... walked to. I told yeah. you to do the Naruto run again. But but I did not want to raise my heart rate. Uh, because people were, like, the people that ran there were taking breaks anyway. So it's just like, why bother? You're using the same amount of time. So I just walked over, and then the first one was like a like a triangle shape, and then the next one was a wave shape, and then the last one was a normal unstable bridge. Somehow I failed to jump to the normal one. I'm not sure what happened still. I watched the video, and I think I just... Was, I, was the second board like a little lower than the yeah. third? Because it, it felt like you got like yeah. not up at all on your swing, and you just like... Almost completely whiffed it. Yeah, but, well, actually, no, I didn't whiff it, because I grabbed it. Oh, but okay. It, it just, like... I, I was a little far know. away when you were running, so... It jolted me off, and I'm still not sure exactly. I just, like, grabbed it. I just remember grabbing it and then just falling off. I'm, huh? But I I think the main problem with my run was that uh, I hadn't really... I mentally prepared myself and visualized and just for months with stage one, but I hadn't for stage two. You're, you're not Johnny Wilder. You're not ascending to elite level just yet. But (laughs) people know who you are now. You've made a name for yourself. Yeah. I, I, it was just a stupid mental error because I had the strength to get to at least the wing nut. And who knows if I would have cleared or not that, but I think I had the strength to get to the wing nuts. I think I would have, because I was, I the well, I don't know if you would have had the time. The reason that, that no, was a tight I, time. Yeah, that's why I was going like one swing on the unstable bridges and stuff. Mm, I see. And then, then I would immediately run over, go down to as fast as I can, and like one big swing, do kip thing transfer, and then then I would have like made sure that on the yeah. So there's also the salmon ladder. Yeah, you had to go like, down, down to. Oh, this was the unstable bridge into the salmon ladder, which a lot of yeah. people aren't used to. You had to go down yeah. two rungs and then make the transfer. Yeah, and then after that was the cannon crank, which was you had to use like a bite arm bike, and then then as you did that, it would power the cannonball off the track, and then you had to slide the cannonball down, grab nunchucks, but nobody did that except Isaac. <laughs> it was easy enough to just slide to the landing. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anybody had the strength except Isaac to grab the mm-hmm. nunchuck. Actually, a lot more people beat that obstacle than I had originally thought. I was under the impression that a ton of people failed there, and only mm-hmm. 13 out of the 33 that got that far failed there. It was a lot more of the wing nuts that were causing a problem. Uh, anyway, then was the wing nuts, uh, three jump, two jumps. One was a 
normal lateral jump, and then the other was 90-degree turn. A lot more people failed that lateral jump than I thought, because that really wasn't that difficult of a jump at all. Also, people were pumped. Well, yeah, it was more because people were pumped and less that the jump was difficult. A A couple people I saw that weren't competing were kind of upset of how many people failed this stage, but I thought it was completely fair. Um, I'm really surprised as many people failed it as did. Um, yeah. That I thought it was completely fair, and I think the best five competitors got to the third stage. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so I thought that was, again, Although fair. I felt terrible for Sean. Oh, the thing oh. is, he could have dismounted with like eight seconds and been fine. I went back I and rewatched he... the video, because I, yeah. I didn't have the vantage point of seeing, like, how far behind the mat he was. So I figured out what happened in both talking to him and watching the video. With eight seconds, he could have dismounted, but he wanted one more swing to be sure. And on his to-be-sure swing, he'd kick back too far. So if he would have landed yes. there, and this is about with, like, five seconds to go, he would have fallen behind the mat and failed. So he had to do one more swing, and he still didn't adjust. So I'm, at this, I didn't realize this. At this point, I'm just screaming at him, you need to land now. And he had to do one more swing, finally landed it, reached for the buzzer, and time just barely expired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he... Yeah, I think it maybe also was a... Maybe mental commitment thing, too. I don't know, though. Yeah, but, uh, that, that's possible. I can see that. Yeah, I really hope uh, Sean comes back next season and kicks ass because he's so incredibly strong and he was one of only six people out of what, 20 to catch the last wing nut. Yeah. And people like Isaac Caldiero, uh, yep. Joe Morawski, Thomas Stillings, Daniel Gill, Naj Richardson, Josh yeah. Levin, none of them caught that last wing nut. Andrew Carson, Sean Darling Hammond even. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, Sean really proved that he belongs at the top of the sport, and hopefully we're going to... Because, I mean, the thing about Sean is he's so incredibly talented, and I feel like he's never really proven it in competition. Like, he's never had, you know, that breakout performance. He had season one of NNL Finals. I mean, he didn't get to stage three. I'm talking, like, really proven what he can do. Yeah. Because he's a lot better than he was two years ago, too. Well, yeah. But, yeah, my the lesson that I learned personally from Stage 2 was, hey, now I can get to this. Uh, now I can be at this elite level. I can do this. And I now that I know that I can get to Stage 2, I need to learn how to mentally prepare myself for Stage 2 and remember to visualize and run through things and be focused as much as I am for prior stuff, you know? Right. So that's my big learning thing for this upcoming season. Who knows if I'll beat stage one again and get to stage two and who knows how far, but my goal is just to get deep in stage two next season. And also my goal for next season of NNL is to get a first place somewhere, which is definitely plausible. Yeah, I, I think both of those are very doable and realistic goals for you and yeah. At, at the same time, even if you make a mistake in Stage 1 next year, you have proven yeah. to yourself that you can beat Stage 1. So that's not yeah. going to be as hard of a failure as it would have been this year. Yeah. 
we we did not mention the like twenty minute victory tour we went on after you cleared. I oh, was yeah. just like standing behind you, clapping like a goofball. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I really want to watch the footage because uh, our friend Baba was just happened to be there. He lives in Georgia, and he was videotaping all of this. And I'm just yeah. standing behind, like clapping like a complete idiot. Yeah, I yeah. I just remember after I cleared you, I I just felt you like trying to like pull me down almost, and like oh I, really. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you, I didn't mean no, that. You're, no, you're like jumping and then like. Going oh, back. that like physically pull you down. Yeah. Okay, yes, yeah. I was trying to physically pull you. Down. Okay, yeah. okay. Here's the thing about that. I wanted to let your dad hug you first. Yeah. And then after like ten seconds, I was starting to get impatient, so I like tried to hop on the pile, and like <laughs> completely whiffed. So like I posted the picture of it on my Facebook, and I'm like really hugging your dad. He's like, what I should have done was gone around your dad and, like, hugged you from the other side. But I I really just didn't know what to do with myself. And then, uh, yeah, so then we, I, I was rather teary-eyed. Yes. And, uh, and then I, I don't know, then, like, a bunch of people were, like, congratulating me. You're like, let's go up to the party room. And I'm like, okay, uh. <laughs> But yeah, on the way, uh, everybody, all these competitors were congratulating me and stuff, and it was really amazing. Well, I, I knew the international crowd knew who you were, so I knew they'd want to mm-hmm. say congratulations to you. Yeah, yeah. They were really staying out of the way. I, I felt like if you were just sat there in front of everyone just crying for like 15 minutes. So it was partially because I knew they wanted to say congratulations to you, and partially because I didn't want you to just sit in open view for... 15 minutes weeping while other people were running. Yeah, so I wanted to, that, you know, remove you from the situation idea. a little bit. That was a very good idea. Um, and I, I know you, Phil. I know you very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was very, uh, one big one for me was that freaking Isaac congratulated me. And that was a big one, too. Uh, stage three. That was a fun course, most of which I've forgotten, <laughs> so I hope you remember Oh yeah, by the yeah, it was just crazy ass long. Just pretty much how long can you hang on? Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty much a dead hang competition. Yeah. I, um, I was talking to Josh Levin about it. I'm like, oh, it's a bummer you didn't make it because I feel like this really plays into your strengths. And it was like, yeah, I don't think this plays into my strengths at all because it's not a lot of engagement of the obstacles. It's just more of dead hanging, how long can you hang? Yeah. So I, I, mean, I feel think, like you would have been good at that. Yeah, yeah. I think I would have gotten... I wouldn't have gone as far as Drew, but who knows? Maybe I could. I, I think that. you would have gotten probably around the peg balls. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would have gotten to about uh, maybe a tiny. I would. I think I would have pumped out like a smudge before Jake Marie did because I love dead hanging and stuff. And that's. I think I would have hung on long enough. Yeah, you um, would have had like no problem on the cliffhanger or anything. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this. It definitely would have played into my strengths, but yeah. next year we'll see. Well, uh, uh, overall, this is by far my favorite NNL course ever. Yeah. Such a great course. Ryan and all of the people at Ninja Quest did such a fantastic job. A lot of them had been working, you know, 
20 plus hour days all week and they just knocked the whole thing out of the park so mm-hmm. if there's anything you need to take away from this podcast is that they did a absolutely tremendous job mm-hmm. all right well we've been talking for an hour ready for some showcases uh yeah all right so colin's here uh colin what did you think of the nnl finals i I think that dude did a good job on contrary since you were actually a play-by-play guy. Thank you. Uh, Welcome to the National Ninja League Finals. I am Mauro Ranallo. I did kind of try to Mauro Ranallo it a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Mamma mia, it's the zip trip. For what it was, I think the courses were very well put together. Like, on one hand, I wasn't a fan of how put together, like, Many series of obstacles there were in a row for the third stage, but at the same time, they're getting the top of the top denza, so I guess that's understandable in that situation, because, like, these all seemed like Sasuke-level stages, but for, like, like an A&W Finals-level competitor field. Uh, well, let's get off-topic a little bit and get to the showcases. So, Colin won two weeks ago. We obviously didn't have a show last week, but Colin is our defending champion, because he went to the Leo Ortega school of winning other people's games. <laughs> uh, usually, that would mean that he has the right to either read first or second. However, there is a reason, I will say that much, that Philip will be reading first this week. So, Philip, Is it because of that $1 thing I tried to pull as soon as he went over? Uh, not quite. Uh, you, you'll see. Philip, go ahead with your showcase. Uh, why do I have to go first, anyway? I will explain momentarily. <laughs> oh, okay. Please tell me you actually how... wrote your showcase. Yes, I wrote it all. I have it right here. And you remember the five, the five-digit limitation that was put on us for these, right? Yes. And okay, I would please. like to emphasize that, despite the fact that he told me the theme... I have no knowledge of this showcase and helped absolutely not at all. You wrote this one too, didn't you? I swear on my life I didn't. He did not, I promise. I wrote this all myself. Uh, I just just asked if he... I just wanted him to know what the theme was just to see if it was a good one or not. It was a very good theme. Uh, Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, first off, we have a new iPhone. Wait, wait, are you waiting until the end to tell your theme as well? Uh... Okay, I guess I won't. Uh, Colin, you're now a basic white girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright. This pink iPhone 7 Plus B, I, I know. Wait, you said 7. new? Yeah, it, it, they still have them in production, but that's the the most recent model that's pink because, you know, basic white girl. They can't just give, like, an iPhone X in a pink case? <laughs> I guess. Uh, what, whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, it's too late now. Anyway. wrote this. <laughs> All right. It has 128 gigs of memory. It's perfect for your adventures as a basic white girl. Go on Tinder <laughs> or some shit, I guess. Uh, to be even more basic, the screen is pre-cracked because I swear everyone's <laughs> <running. laughs> <laughs> So we- does that hurt the value? No, it does not. Because we had to pay our hard-earned theoretical money for this. Okay. Uh, next, we're you taking... Know, you know, we really broke the budget on that $96 trillion <laughs> showcase from a couple weeks ago. You know, I'll give you that one. And that, 
that Baltimore trip last week. That's true. Uh, Our next last we are, episode. We are next. We are taking you out on the night shopping in your area, like Baltimore, DC. Since you don't have a car, a big ass Hummer limo will take you around, <laughs> around for six hours. Next, we know you need some funds for your shopping spree. Since you're a ba- now a basic white girl, here's a thousand dollar gift card to Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Here I thought I had to sell a lot from the last one. Alex put a hard limit on our currency based on his because he decided to be a funny guy and give out the GDP of the damn milk. So, so the rest of your spending's on you, bub. Yeah, use your own money. Out. It, was, it was foreign currency I put the cap on. And like, yeah. oh, well, it's a gift. This is a gift card. That's that is still a currency. That's not ah, a legal tender. I see where you're going with that. Uh, next, how convenient would it be for you to make Starbucks at home? Every basic white girl would love that. This Starbucks Frismo machine is dumb as shit because it uses exclusive cups and not the K-cups every normal-ass coffee maker. <laughs> it's really freaking dumb and is the coffee equivalent to those stupid-ass PlayStation Vita memory cards that single-handedly killed any shot that the Vita had a success. Like, seriously... Nintendo does the dumbest proprietary stuff at proprietary stuff at times, but even they, freaking Nintendo uses SD cards, and might even have like the US standard USB C now, like as their charger. Philip, like, is this a showcase or a rant about video games? That should say. I've, that should I you know what's bad. We only seem a basic like you know, ranting about the PlayStation Vita. And this rant went so long, I forgot what the item was, actually. That should say a lot about how Sony shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> no, oh, no, seriously, oh. though, what was the item that led to the Vita rant? Oh, yeah, coffee. A coffee okay. machine with stupid-ass proprietary cups. Anyway, here's some of those stupid-ass proprietary cups. Since you know, <laughs> we know you like caffeine, here's a year's supply of the stupid Verismo pods that only come in, like, three flavors. And here's a car, uh, Volkswagen Beagle, that you'll be absolutely ashamed to step foot in. <laughs> What's your bid? Hold on, um, hold on, hold on. I mentioned that Philip read first, for a reason. I'm Colin, sorry. as last showcase rounds winner, you have a choice. You can bid on that showcase, or you can pass it to me. If you pass it to me, you will then be bidding on my showcase. I think I'm still just going to bid because all this stuff doesn't seem like it would be more than like like two hundred and like two thousand seven hundred tops. Bear bear in mind, if you bid on his showcase, then I then bid on your showcase, hey, and Philip then bids on my showcase. So wait, this is a triple threat round? I never even... I'm cashing in money in the bank, bitches! <laughs> well, there's a problem here. I... My showcase was pretty much tailored to Philip. We'll do. Can we do this triple threat next week? Alright, we'll, we'll figure out rules for a triple threat next week. Fine, we'll do the triple threat next week. Yay! Tune in next Sunday. But now I'm still going for... <laughs> Good, because hey, I had no idea what to bid on that showcase, so... 
this whole thing sounds. I'm just going to say 2,700. You realize there's a Volkswagen, a new Volkswagen Beetle in this showcase. No, I did not realize that. <laughs> I I said I said at the end I said here's a car, here's a Volkswagen Beetle that you'll be absolutely ashamed to step foot in. I completely forgot about that because of the triple threat thing. <laughs> All right, so just to just for you just to review everything, just so you can get the best guess you can. A uh, pink iPhone 7, pre-cracked. Uh, a night, six hours in a Hummer limo. $1,000 Victoria's Secret gift card. Uh, stupid ass, don't get me started again on this stupid coffee machine with a year's supply of pods and a Volkswagen Beetle. 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 Okay, oh I'll God. make that 20200 or 22700 Alrighty. I might be overestimating the value of this car. I may be wrong. Alrighty. Now for yours, bub. As you know much better than I do, the Daytona 500 happened recently or something. <laughs> oh, God. So we came to a three-night stay in Daytona Beats. After our terrible budgeting on travel last time, we'll be getting to a much more modest travel. We're bringing you from the John D. Dingle Transit Center in Dearborn, Michigan. What? <laughs> That's the Zon D. Dingle Transit Center, something that actually exists. What the hell? And this is not even the only educational part of this, so let's continue. And that's we'll be praying from the Zon D. Dingle Transit Center in Dearborn, Michigan to downtown Daytona Beach via Amtrak. Let's oh. enjoy, this, enjoy this 37 hour trip with three <laughs> transfers from their very own seat on these trains. See, <laughs> yeah, did you even bother giving me, like, one of those, like, rooms? Like, you know how trains have, like, night cabins? This, I think that comes with the basic Amtrak experience. Because this is why I gave you a basic-ass Amtrak ride. So you're just, give me a freaking seat. In oh a no, train. The, three, the, three, the seat belonged to the Amtrak. Well, I gave you a ticket. I'm saying you can use a, three, a seat and the sleeper car. Anyways, and while they're in Daytona, they're having a three-night stay in the Fairfield Inn. Unfortunately, this is only a 2.5-star hotel, but they'll have a great view of Daytona and National Speedway from their room. <laughs> and while you've got racing on the mind, we're taking you to Go-Kart City in nearby Port Horns, Florida. While they're at their yeah. facility, we're getting you two go-kart races, a round of main golf, and a single token for the bank. It's good for 12 minutes. <laughs> A single I'm... token? I love how you added in a single token. <laughs> Although I'm certain you'd enjoy the arcade as well, but bring their own coins since we're not going to pay for that. And to go with their go-karting experience, we're going to give you some items that sound like they go with karting. First off, we're getting you 619 two-packs of banana bombs from Atomic. Oh no! A, a turtle... <laughs> A turtle sandbox by Little Tykes. <laughs> what? Because it's I... a turtle cell. It's Mario Kart themed. Oh. Uh, and the complete series of Garfield and Friends on DVD. Ah! <laughs> I'm sure we've brought that up before. So many times. <laughs> that was a, a past okay theme. Which is funny because... Now that we bring up Garfield and Go-Kart, we're going to revisit a previous theme of games in their Steam library hey, for a moment. As Alex pointed out before, you have Royal Counter, Tycoon Deluxe, and Planet Counter. 
And what goes great with these theme parks other than the most iconic ride of them all? The Tilt-A-Whirl. That's now they own their very own doomed Tilt-A-Whirl. What? <laughs> Why? Why? Well, I was going to give you a Ferris wheel, but where would they put that? <laughs> Honestly, a Ferris wheel would probably use less room. Uh, horizontally... I mean, a Tilt-A-Whirl, at least he can just move the pool to said the Ninja Supplies, and, like, maybe just annex a bit of his neighbor's own. <laughs> also, I'm not sure how old this is, but it's not a super old pile, but 2010 is the newest it'd be from since it's by Selner Manufacturing before they sold their lights to Roxanne and Asshole. That's why I had to look this up. Don't worry, this isn't a touring carnival model, but rather an amusement park permanent mount style ride. Now we'll be waiting for the back at door place. And going with our first saw of a doomed amusement park ride, we're giving you two gallons of Lysol Professional Disinfected Bathroom Cleaner. If it's strong enough for a bathroom, it should be strong enough for a Tilt-A-Whirl. Alrighty. <laughs> and since you're a music fan, I'm sure you'd love to visit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And as we know, that's in Cleveland, Ohio. Unfortunately, we might be pushing it on the budget, so instead we're sending you to Cleveland, Oklahoma. <laughs> wait, wait, whoa, 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 hold on, what? <laughs> There's a Cleveland, Oklahoma. What? I, I found this out when behind this showcase as well. We're bringing you from Daytona Beach and Nassau Airport, which has probably been keeping you up these past three nights, either from the noise since it's right across from their hotel, or realizing that DAB is the abbreviation. But we're bringing you from there to Tulsa and Nassau Airport via American Airlines. We'll be taking you from Tulsa to Cleveland, Oklahoma via UberX, and there are no buses that take that route. <laughs> and they'll have a seven-night stay in the Victorian Inn. I can't tell you much since this is a no-name hotel, but it's 2.5 stars, and the rooms have a flat-screen TV with premium sales, free Wi-Fi, and the hotel has breakfast, so that's... something. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the population is 3,222. <laughs> it's, it's like... One of the, it's like one of these like weird gerrymandered districts. Like, there's, like, a small, like, actual town, like, this really dinky town that's maybe, like, half a mile square on each side. Then it's, like, this long stretch of highway. Then there's another random part with an airstrip. By the way, you totally could have had a private jet flying here, just saying, although I don't think... I mean, that's... That's way more expensive. If we had the budget for a private set, we might have sent him to Cleveland, Ohio, instead of Cleveland, Oklahoma. There, then there's another tiny little section with the Victorian Inn and Indian Electric Cooperative. Then you keep going on this road until you get to Fayette Creek RV Park. Then you keep going down this road a little bit more, and for some reason, disjointed but adjacent to this road, is a tiny little road where I think no one lives. Uh, actually, I take that back. There are about ten houses just in the middle of nowhere. Somehow, three thousand two hundred twenty-two people live in this city. I'm glad you went on a description of what the city is because that actually sets up my next line. Oh, there's a Walmart. There's a Walmart. Oh. So you have something to do in the absolute middle of nowhere. We're getting to a Panasonic DMP BDT 270 Blu-ray player since you can watch those Garfield DVDs. <laughs> and to go with Ron Cleveland's, we're also giving you a month of Hulu Plus so you can watch the Cleveland show. 
as well as a Kevin Hogan Cleveland Browns NFL Pro Line player jersey. I realize the latter in the right city, but the 2017 the 2017 Browns did everything wrong, so we're including it. <laughs> <laughs> the bad news is there's no public transportation nor Uber drivers in the area of Cleveland, Oklahoma. The good news is it's only a 14-and-a-half-hour drive to Detroit, so we're giving them a car. <laughs> I do 2004 Fiat Multiplot. It only has 87,000 kilometers high. It, it Hold may on. Be reg- kilometers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Fiat Multiplot. It may be regarded as one of the ugliest cars ever made, and when their sources are being seen in this or being stranded for the rest of their life in the middle of nowhere, saying no one has heard of, I think they'll be glad to see their very own vehicle. We're also getting you a $200 sell gift card to fuel it up on their way home, and all this could be yours if the price is right. That was amazing, and by the way, he did not lie. It's actually only a 14-hour drive from the hotel to Philip's house. Since I have no idea what this would cost, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna YOLO it and uh uh sixty one thousand nine hundred dollars. I'm feeling that oh, that's another. What was that again? Six one nine zero zero. Okay. All right. I uh, did hear what you said. I have a feeling he massively bid over on that. Although I have no I idea what tilt to world costs. I was gonna go in like the forty range for. Collins, and maybe in like the 28 range for Phillips. I don't know which one of you want to read the, your results first. You paid $61,900. The actual retail price, $83,578 for a difference of $21,678. Wow. I can't believe I did that. I, that was it. Okay. I can't um, believe you done this. I'm as surprised as you are. You're, no, you're as... Yes, exactly. At the same time, I also went way, way expensive on this one. This is true. Anyway, uh, for your showcase, you bid $22,700. Uh, the actual retail price, 28598 So... Wow. I, I guess 28 I got it... Like, right on. Except I, don't I probably like got, like, I... 619 and bid, like, $20 over. I don't feel like doing the difference, but you win. Yeah, Colin wins again. Wow. <laughs> I'm as surprised as you are. You had an $83,000 showcase and put in a cheap this... bid on Phillips. This is true. Yeah. Okay, My my I might need to rewrite my showcase because it was not as funny as I... Thought it was going to be as compared to your showcases, <laughs> and that's the end of our podcast. Signing off, we are. I'm Colin. I'm Philip. Hey, you didn't do the Fox Sports thing that pisses me off this time. And I'm Alex. We will leave you this week with Justin Conway. We have a new commentator hey. coming back into the studio. Welcome, my man. Hey, what's up, you know, dude? Can you introduce me. Sorry, you're gonna introduce yourself because you're so good at it. You forgot my name, didn't you? I did.